Well, Washington has struggled against the bottom two teams in the Pac-12 in the last couple of weeks. What's going on with the Huskies? Are they still the best team in the Pac-12? There might be a simple explanation. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and soon to be mostly team-free, but until then, beloved and loaded conference of champions. Like, comment, and subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. We're talking Washington Pac-12 power rankings, quarterback rankings, all coming up on a loaded show with my guy Roman Tomashoff at r Tomashoff thirty four on Twitter, host of Locked On Huskies. Roman, what's going on with Washington right now? I, I they, they keep letting me down in the Pac-12 prime picks. You know, I keep picking up. By the way, I'm going to triple down on them this week and pick them to beat USC by more than three. But like, what what exactly have you seen? And <laughs> what have you seen in the last couple of weeks? What's going on with the dogs? So first of all, I, I, I assumed you, you invited me on here just to power rank the pack 12, just so one Obviously. particular fan base would get mad at us, which is Obviously. still just my, my favorite thing in the world. Uh, but Spencer, as you said in the opener, there might be a pretty simple explanation for what's going on. Uh, I, as, as we record this on Monday night, I just got back from a, a press conference from uh, Kalen DeBoer, Ryan Grubb and William Minch. Where Ryan Grubb, one of the first things he talked about was the fact that this is, and I'm quoting him here, the best he's seen Michael Penix look in about 10 days or so, because Michael Penix and about half of the team have been really sick with the flu. So that's something where it's it's something to consider just kind of as, as we go forward here, where is that an excuse? No, not necessarily. But is it also maybe an explanation for why some of some of the things have looked with they have? I, I personally think so, because one of, one of the things that we also need to consider here is not just the flu has been really just keeping the Huskies down. They have been really, really just hit with the injury bug incredibly hard this season. They just got um, Rickard Julius Bulo back against Stanford after he hasn't played since the Michigan State game. So he's been out for a long time. Uh, Washington had two healthy safeties really against um against Stanford which was was not great on the back end of the defense with Dom Hampton Michaela Steen uh Asa Turner also and Kenford McKillan are both injured and neither of them were able to play and then Vince Nunley there's a separate issue that um we're not really aware of all Kalen DeBoer said is it's not injury related uh, and so he's been away from the team as well so there have been a lot of things that have been going on, but really the biggest thing is the flu really did seem to hit this team pretty hard from, from my understanding, from a lot of things that, um, that I've been told from people around the program. So as you look at the PAC 12, and I think that as you and I have been saying and others for, for the last few weeks, it's Oregon and Washington and everyone, you know, is trying to uh, chase after them and get to Las Vegas. Those teams control their path to the PAC 12 championship game. It sounds like you are not concerned about Washington, you know, having peaked against Oregon and starting to, you know, show some cracks or anything like that. I don't know if they finish the regular season undefeated. I think between USC and Oregon State, they probably lose one of those games, uh, you know, whether the the, the flu or, or COVID or whatever is, is running rampant in the locker room 
or not, but that team that everyone had as, you know, a college football playoff contender and they, you know, will be for sure and are still undefeated, you're not worried about that team, you know, not still being in, in that locker room. Whereas like a Washington State, it's clear that 4-0 football team just is not there, unfortunately, right now for the Kooks. No, so there there are things that I, I'm definitely concerned about more defensively than than on the other side of the ball. I, I, I think that there are still things that can be worked out, as, as there can be with every team, right? But the one thing that kind of gives me solace through all of this is the, the big one is Kalen DeBoer. Having Kalen DeBoer on your football team, just leading your football team, is always going to just, in my opinion, not necessarily make up for things, but just kind of will take you that extra mile because I think that he's one of the best coaches in the Pac-12, and he's proven that. And one of the the, the most Spencer, do you want to do you want do you want a fun stat I can hit you with here? I love fun, I, also I love fun stats. I'm a play-by-play guy, Roman. I live for fun stats. Hit me with it. Good. So, uh, Kalen DeBoer's record as a head coach throughout his entire coaching career in the month one. of November. I know this. One. In the month of November. 27 and one. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I just, that, that's a guy that just has my trust down the stretch. And we talked about over on lockdown Huskies on, on our show that released this morning. Uh, November is going to be really tough because you mentioned USC, you mentioned Oregon state. Utah is also in there, right? Sandwiched in between those two games. Oh, that's right. That's November right. I yeah, almost forgot. Yep. So November is going to be a really tough month for the Huskies. Can they escape it unscathed? Sure, because this team has found a way to win, despite the flu, despite all these other things that have been going on. They have found ways to win. Are they the best team in the Pac-12? I think until they are, they prove otherwise by losing a game that they they have to be right there. Yeah, I think that it's pretty easy to look at Oregon over the last couple of weeks since the Washington game and say the Ducks have been more impressive. I think that's. Objective, uh, objectively true. Still, though, the, I, I think there is something mentally to, you know, Oregon still has to get over that hurdle, right? Dan Lanning is 0-2 against Kalen DeBoer in the last couple of seasons. They've both been really close games. And, you know, we'll see how they're playing if they do meet again on a neutral field uh, later in, in the season. But, you know, Oregon's played better the last couple of weeks. Washington still got the better of them in a game that Oregon played well for the most part in Seattle. And I, I think those teams are really evenly matched and I hope they meet in the Pac-12 championship game. Cause I, I think it would be uh, oh, a pretty, pretty awesome. And I, I will be there for the Pac-12 title game uh, no matter what. Let, let's go right into our Pac-12 power rankings after week nine, Roman. I assume our top two are looking the same, which is uh, Washington, number one and Oregon, number two. Yep. And look, I, no I do have half an in- inclination, Oregon fan or not, to put the Ducks number one with the way they've looked in the last couple of weeks. I still can't get past, you know, when you're talking about power rankings here, I'm looking at what your resume is, what your team potential is, and also, you know, just kind of who I think the the, the best teams in, in the conference are. That's my assessment criteria here. And until Oregon beats Washington on the field, gets over the hump, wins wins that close game, I'll keep the Huskies above them. Though he, here's the way I feel, even more so than we have in the last few weeks, Roman, when, when we've done this segment uh, on a recurring nature here on a Tuesday show. I've got Washington 1, Oregon 2. They're really, really close. I think it's more 1A, 1B than it is, it is. 1 and 2. But the number three team is is, is a gap. It's because I, I, I don't I don't think it's a huge, massive gap, but it really feels like when Oregon and Washington play at their best, 
nobody else in the Pac-12 is, is going to beat him. That that's the way it seems to me right now. No, you're 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 100% correct because it is kind of a 1A 1B thing with Washington and Oregon, right? And I I I love your point of until Oregon can beat Washington, they really can't be ranked above them. Like that's like if Washington loses a game, that's a different conversation. But that's that's the reality of the situation, right? I like I saw that that Fox Sports thing that they put on Twitter yesterday of oh who's better right now, Washington or Oregon? And I said, well, you know, I I I had to quote it. I know it was clickbait, and I I, I fell for it anyways. And I said, maybe the team that won when they played, like that's that that's really the the only way to put this. And I had a bunch of Duck fans that I mentioned being like, oh well, they, they Oregon won every phase of the game except the final score, which is the one that matters. So I mean. <sighs> Yeah, like yeah, like, like result results do still matter. I think where Oregon fans are coming from is if you look at the body of work this year. I mean, we talked going into that Oregon Washington game, they had very similar schedules in that they were favored in every game, they won every game, they were really really impressive. Then they played a coin flip game. Washington comes out on top, and then in the two games since Oregon against two teams better than what Washington has played have looked better. I, I still am of the belief that that team that Washington is capable of, or that, that they were early in the season. I think that team is still in there far more than uh, a Washington state, for instance. So uh, we're in agreement, but, but then the PAC 12 power rankings get kind of tricky. They, they get kind of tricky because if you're talking about who's the best team in the conference right now, you can go a number of different directions. You can go to a number of different events. If you use game time, which is, the best way to buy tickets, no matter what sort of event you're going to. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You can go see everything that you want to see, wherever that is, whether that's any of the six Pac-12 games this weekend. Game time is the ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase, you can buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E. That's Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Alrighty then. Let's continue with the Pac-12 power rankings here, Roman. So Oregon and Washington, uh, number two and number one, respectively. I wonder why subconsciously I said Oregon first. No idea. Uh, <laughs> Washington you? one, uh, Oregon, Oregon number two. By the way, before we continue, I had this mailbag question sent in that I just wanted to answer real quick. Uh, it says, hey, uh, LOP12, I love how you cite statistics when analyzing college games and teams. What are the best free stats websites that you recommend, which are accessible to college football fans? Going to the team website is a great place to go. Everything is very well organized. Uh, Stat reference, whether that's college sport reference, NFL, MLB, like they have a bunch of great information. If you want to look season by season, Uh, ESPN is good, but really I'd say the place to go is go, you know, just Google like Washington Huskies football, Oregon Ducks football, USC Trojans football. The team websites tend to have really well-organized and detailed stats uh, in there. Shout out to the SIDs of the world. They make the world uh, go round in college sports. I want to add one more to that list too. CFBstats.com. Yes. CFBstats.com is Mm -hmm. fantastic. Highly recommend. Everything is also very well-organized and they just have a plethora of every different stat that you're looking for. It's there. 
Yep. Okay. Good call. Um, so let's keep going here. Washington, Oregon, and then and then I think there's just got to be like a holding space at, at number three. You know, Oregon State and Utah. These are still good teams. I have them at number three and number four, respectively. So Oregon but, State and then Utah. Yeah, I I have Oregon State and then Utah. But again, I I just feel like you know any any of these sorts of teams can beat in Oregon or Washington. I don't think sure. the gap is that big. I just feel like the highest gear. I think the highest gear that Oregon and Washington have goes well above what everybody else can do. I absolutely agree with you there. And I'm, I'm in, I'm in agreement with you there too. I've got Oregon state three and then Utah four. Yeah. And so I, I'm curious who you have at number five because it all kind of leads into that discussion. Mm-hmm. Who, who do you have there? So I, I have I, I, Arizona so, at number five. Perfect. That's who I also have at number five. And that's who and, should be at number five. No, absolutely. And and, and Where, by the way, there, there's an argument that they should be higher. I know they just beat Oregon State head to head. I put some weight into that for sure. But when it's a coin flip game, you know, you can work in other factors there. And Arizona is a good team. I don't think at their best, they're as good as Oregon State. They were good on, on Saturday night for sure. But if Oregon State, you know, kicks a field goal instead of trying to run it in with a kicker from the 24 yard line, that game could also be very different. I will not be surprised if by the end of the year, Arizona, who before the season I thought would beat Oregon State at home and would beat Utah at home, will not be surprised if they are power rated for me, number four in the Pac-12. So I was about to get really spicy with it when we when you told me that this is what we were doing today. And I was prepared to put them at number three. That's how high I was willing to go. But then I said, no, I'm going to be a little bit more reasonable and I'm going to save my, uh, my, my drastic ranking for, for a, a very special team. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's okay. yeah, I could... exactly it's like, right. Like, like, there's like, it sounds, it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. It feels kind of weird, but at the same time you go, well, they don't it have, makes sense. you can see it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I work for Southern Utah university as a lot of people know, and, uh, their head coach, Delane Fitzgerald, who's awesome. I talk to him all the time, of course. And, you know, they've had a lot of close, close losses over the last few years. And one thing that he mentions repeatedly to me is winning is a skill. Winning is a skill. Knowing as a program, as a team, how to win close games is a skill. So Arizona in close games this year, one and three. That is why I have them below because I look at Oregon State and say, They've still got a win over Utah. They've still got a win over UCLA. That's really, really impressive. You know, had a, a solid road win against Cal as well mixed in there. Lost close, though it wasn't quite as close as the score indicated at Washington State when the Cougs were playing better. There's a lot of variation and subjectivity here. I think you can interchange a lot of these teams, but Arizona absolutely deserves to be squarely in tier two of the Pac-12 teams right now. Because they took USC to triple overtime on the road. They played Washington to a one-score game, and they beat Oregon State, and they took Mississippi exactly. State to overtime on the road. Exactly. And especially if – and there was something I remember seeing – I can't remember who put it out there a couple of weeks ago. If Arizona beats that Mississippi State team, they probably go into that matchup with Washington ranked. Like, I, I, they I, would be I, inside I, the top 20 right now. Right now. Yeah. If 100%. any of those one possession games, two of which went into overtime, if any of those games go Arizona's way, and that's part of the reason I have them fifth when they could certainly be higher, 
winning is a skill and it is a reflection of your team at some level. It's why I have Oregon below Washington. Like, well, got to be able to win the game at some point in time. Results do matter, though they're not everything. I've got Arizona at five because I have been more impressed with their resume so far than USC, who I have at number six. Uh, I, I So I like where you're going there. One, The one last thing I wanted to say for my, because I was really, really tempted to put Arizona at three. So I, tr- I truly was. I think that the last thing that I want to say on that matter is Oregon State's offense is kind of what gives them the edge, especially over Utah. Like I, it's something you and I have talked about on, on these shows before, right? Where Cam Rising's health was everything Yep. when it came to Utah's offense. And now that he's not coming back, it's just, that's, it's, it's tough to see. And, you know, you, you hope for, for the best and you hope to see him next season, but it's also just, that's, that's just kind of the biggest thing, right? Cause I think they're the, both their defenses are really solid. And then Arizona's uh, especially defensively is just a bit of a step down from the other two, but their, their offense that especially Cowing and, and to Tyrone McMillan, they can hang with anybody. Defense is much, it, the defense is much improved though. Oh much, no, it's, much, it's much, much improved. improved. Yeah. But if you, if you said you can have one of these three defense between Oregon state, Utah and Arizona, no disrespect. Arizona is third on that list. Correct. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree. I think that, I think that's a valid way of looking at it there. So um, by the way, I liked going into that game, the Wildcats and I like Jonah Coleman, the running back. Jonah Coleman yeah. is the most underrated running back in the PAC 12. He will continue oh, to get love on this show. He is a big yeah. physical runner who does not get tackled very easily. And he's got a more than solid offensive line to run behind. So let's keep going here. I've got USC. You have you have USC at six behind Arizona. Nope, I'm sticking with what I I, what I said last time on the show. Okay, okay. And I'm going to put UCLA at six and USC at seven. Okay, so I have UCLA at seven. Here's why: my concern with the Bruins coming into this year, and why I was lower on them than most was the quarterback position. Yep. It's been a revolving door, been a little bit of a mess. Their team outside of him is really good whoever he yes. is at the quarterback position right now, it's Ethan Garbers and Colin Schley and the Wildcat and everything, which is probably the right course of action. If you give Absolutely. me, if you give me USC and you give me UCLA on the same field right now, it's a close competitive game. UCLA probably runs all over USC. However, the best player on the field is still on the Trojan side of the ball. And I know everyone loves to rip Caleb Williams because he's just a horrible, no good, very bad football player who went for like 360 and a couple touchdowns (laughs) this past week on the road uh, against Cal. I'm not saying Cal is great, but still he puts up really good numbers week after week for uh, the most part. And everyone's allowed a dud every now and then. That's why I barely lean USC. But that one is almost like Oregon and Washington to me. Like it's really close because I like UCLA's team more than USC's. I like USC's quarterback. I like, yes, I like USC's quarterback a lot more than UCLA's, whoever it is. You're absolutely right. And that is the most important position on the field. Caleb Williams deserves his flowers for everything it is that he's accomplished in his career. But I want to go with the team aspect of this because everyone bagged on Washington for giving up 32 points to Cal when like 14 of those came by, like from the true freshmen and the walk ons. USC starting defense just gave up 49 points to, to your Not good. Spencer, your California Golden Bears. Yes, it's true. They are my Bears. <laughs> they are my they are my Bears, as we all know. Yeah, that was bad. And you know the the, the reason that uh, I went with on Monday show a lean win label for USC is they won the game and they're in survive and advance mode. You know, everyone's like, oh, their defense yeah. is terrible. Like, 
Okay, so I didn't actually get any new information about them. Caleb Williams made a bunch of plays. He also had some boneheaded moments, but made some spectacular ones. They ran the football well enough. Their defense is horrifically bad. And when they yeah. play Washington this week, might give up 56 points. I am not joking. That could really happen uh, at the Coliseum. And then I'm like, well, if, if at this point you control your own destiny, you get to the Pac-12 championship game, it's not all bad. Like you, you won sure. the game against Cal. That's all that essentially matters right now. We know they're not a national championship caliber team, but in theory, they could still win the Pac-12 if they get their offense right and they just go outscore people. Lincoln Riley's done that before. So we, we have a flip, but it's close on USC and UCLA. Uh, we'll get to the bottom five and then rank the quarterbacks. I'm excited. Well, it is. It is indeed a fun, fun time. Betting over at FanDuel is a fun time as well. Only if you know what you're doing, though. Only if you bet the Pac-12 prime picks this prior week and not the week before that. We don't talk about that one. But three and two last week. <laughs> we're on the come up, baby. Um, trying to just trying to get the 500 on the year. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It is indeed that easy. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. They have spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Spencer, I have an over-under question for you. Hit uh, me with you, the over-under question. Do you know what the over-under is on FanDuel for this Saturday's game between Washington and the USC? I don't. I want to guess. Okay. Um, Please. I, I I I promise you, everybody. I have not. I have not looked at it. I know the Washington's favored by three, and I would hammer the Huskies there. The over under. Let's see. Seventy four and a half. Oh, you were so close. Seventy five and a half. Oh. <laughs> wow, that was. I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> Hey, yeah, but hey, hats off to you, man! Wow, like, seventy-five that, that was, that was and a half. Seventy-five and a half, and I guess oh boy, that might be my best gambling moment of the entire season, right there. Better than any pick I've handed out. One point off of an over under. Oof, hats seventy-five off, and a half. I almost like the over. Stanford just put up thirty-three on Washington. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Can I'm, USC I'm put not, up 40? Probably. They're capable. Um, yeah, anyway. Okay. Uh, let's wrap <laughs> up our power rankings here. So I've got Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, Utah, Arizona, USC, UCLA. Roman's got Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, Utah, Arizona, UCLA, USC. Right behind UCLA, I've got my Cal Golden Bears. Oh, this is where we differ. Where? Who do you have? It, who do you have there? Cal just played USC. Yeah, no, they played. So I, I have, I have Cal at nine. I'm not, I'm not super low on Cal. Mm, mm, that I've, is at I've least got, one spot too low. I've got Arizona State at eight for the way they played over the last couple. Of okay, weeks. so I have, so I have Arizona State at. Or hold on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, so I have Arizona State at nine and Cal oh, at number eight. Okay, okay, so we're not, so, we're not too far off here. Okay, yeah, so I just, here, I flipped them. Go, okay, go ahead, I think that's fair. Cal did win the head to head. And though it was a yeah. close game, I, I felt like Cal was the better team and just, you know, couldn't quite put them away. You know, I thought going into that game, Arizona State would cover and Cal would win. That mm -hmm. is what happened there. I think Cal is the better team. 
I like Cal's I, offense more. I like Arizona State's defense more. But Cal's offense, as I've said all offseason, has got some really nice pieces. And Arizona State, I don't know what's going on in Washington State. I've got them at number 10. But Yeah, that's, that's where I have them too. Um, I, I, the I one think thing that, I want to say on Cal, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead. But the, the one thing that I want to say where the one thing for me, because I do like Cal's offense, but is the Jaden Knott thing going to keep him out for a while? Have not seen, have, have not, have not seen. And I agree that matters because Isaiah Fonse, the backup who's really good was carted off. And if that dimension is removed from their offense, I agree with you. They're not as good though. Fernando Mendoza has been a revelation for them offensively and has been a good player. They do need to run the ball to be at their best. I I agree with that. So I don't think that's an unreasonable take. Uh, I have, Washington State at 10, they were once upon a time as high as three on this list because they were playing that well. But man, they got outplayed by Arizona State. I thought they'd win the football game and they're just trying to find a win. They play Stanford at home this week. Gosh, they better win that game or things could feel awful in Pullman. Awful. Yep. I, I Yeah, I think we're in agreement there. And then I've got Colorado at 11, Stanford 12. Yeah, that, that's where I am. Too. Okay. All right, so we flop Cal or we flip Cal and Arizona State. We flip USC and UCLA. Otherwise, we agree in the Pac-12 power rankings. How about another rankings list on this Tuesday? This was requested oh, by Timothy, it. by the way, and I'm all I'm all about it. I'm going with the quarterbacks who started this past week in the Pac-12. Okay. Uh, number one, and this is you know who do I think the best quarterbacks are? The best football players are at their position. That is it this season or just this week? Because I have it written out as this like season. this season. This, okay, the, this, this season. The ebbs and flows and everything. I have Caleb Williams as number one. I have Michael Penix at number one. Okay. And yeah, I'm a homer. I get it. Uh, as 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 all our, our glorious YouTube viewers can see the, the Washington flag behind me. But I think that is Caleb Williams a better NFL prospect? Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. 100% he is. Uh, Michael Penix has just played a fantastic, just just played fantastic football this season. He struggled a little bit against Arizona, not, not a little bit. He struggled a lot against Arizona State. But just from from my knowledge and from everything that the coaching staff has said, if he's healthy this week and is no longer just dying with the flu, hey man, we've all been there. I respect it. And pushing through a couple of football games is not the easiest way to do that, especially the way his offensive line played against Arizona State, like. There were some things that could have made that game look very, very different. I think that Michael Penix, for everything he's done this year, and I, 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 I think that he just deserves that spot. I think that both teams would struggle mightily without their quarterbacks in, yes. in a significant way. I think over the course of this season, still I feel like Caleb Williams is carrying USC slightly more than Penix is carrying Washington. I mean, Washington's oh, defense, Washington, and, and that, and that's why I've got Caleb Williams number one here. And you might not like who I have at, uh, at, at number two, but that's kind of my thinking there is boy, USC's defense has done nothing all season long. It is all Caleb Williams. They ride with him. They have low, you know, highs and lows. It's just all on Caleb Williams. Washington had a horrible game from Michael Penix flu ridden or not. And then they still won the game with a defensive touchdown. Sure. If USC didn't score an offensive touchdown, they'd lose the game by 30 points. That's, oh, no, you're yeah, absolutely right. That's where right. I come down there. I, I, I think that it's just really hard to not put the guy who is the Heisman favorite at number one. That's... He's now the number two, technically. Oh, I, has, it, has it moved? Because yeah, I saw JJ it. Yeah, JJ McCarthy's number one. 
Oh, okay, because uh, yeah, I, but it's, when it's I looked pretty, at it a couple hours ago, it's yeah, it was, it's it it's, right it's split in yeah. hairs. If Washington wins the Pac-12 and goes to the playoff, Penix is going to New York. No questions asked. So um, this is based on this season again. I have Bo Nix number two, and here's my reasoning, Roman. Bo Nix has not played, forget a bad half, he hasn't played a bad quarter of football this year. And Penix, again, had the one, it was one game. He was bad in the first half and then really, really good in the second half against Stanford. And against Arizona State, there was nothing doing. And Bo Nix is not as essential to the offense because they can run the football more consistently and they've got a better defense. That's why I keep Caleb Williams number one. But Bo Nix is, I believe, still leading the country in completion percentage. He's playing at a ridiculously high level. Everybody, the, the fans of each team can come in the comment section and argue for their guy in one spot or another. And I think we all understand that. But they're all playing at a high level. But Bo Nix yes. is playing at a ridiculously high level. He's like high 70s completion. He has one interception on the season, and it wasn't a costly one. And the offense just keeps humming along. So I have Bo Nix so- at number two and Penix at three. I hear you because I have Caleb Williams at two and then Bo Nix at three. And my one knock on on Bo, because it is splitting hairs for the most part, right? It's not it's not like, oh, Penix and Caleb Williams are far superior or one is, is way above the other. But my my one thing where I have Bo Nix at number three is that he is one of the lowest average depths of target in the nation. And that's a product of the system. There's there's nothing you can really do about that. But it's just kind of, you, you can talk about his completion percentage. It's great. I think that, just the way that Michael Penix and Caleb Williams are able to push the ball downfield a little bit more. And I'm not saying that Bo Nix can't do that. The way that they're able to do that and just kind of extend the offense a little bit more down the field that way is just kind of what gives me a little, uh, just, just give me a little bit more reservation to put Bo above either of those two guys. Yeah. I think that pertains more just in my view to the NFL and who's the most appealing prospect. I would have Bo Nix as the number three, maybe even the number four quarterback prospect in the pac 12, but if you're yeah. talking about, you know, playing in the context of the season, uh, that's just how I'd order them. But, you know, everybody can have their own opinion there. Um, let's go like a little bit more rapid fire, just kind of to end the show going down. And we're, again, looking mostly at, you know, how quarterbacks have performed this season and also what they are uh, at their best. I have Shador Sanders, number four, yeah, get that guy some help. And man, he could, th- I mean, he already does throw for a lot of yards, but holy crap, is he under a lot of pressure? That poor guy, man. Yeah. He's going to get destroyed back there. Yeah. I I think he's someone who could benefit a lot going to the NFL because great release, good mobility, great size, good arm, decision-making. Like, I think he's got a lot of traits. He's been impressive to me. Do you have him at number four as well? I do. Okay. Number five. You ready? Noah Fafita. Yes. It's Noah Fafita. That's what I had here too. This guy is playing at such a great level. He's playing at such a high level. He just outplayed DJ Uyunglele on Saturday night by a lot. He really has throughout the course of the season since he's been the starter. I don't care if Delora comes back healthy. This is Noah Fafita's team, and he is good. Not perfect. Not per- That interception he threw against the Beavs, that was horrible. That was a horrible interception. Brutal. But he is doing everything that is asked of him and more. I got him in number five. I am, I'm, so, I'm so glad we agree because this guy – that's a that should be Arizona's starting quarterback in 2024. I was I was ready to come on here and drop that hot take, and then you said and I was ah oh, this is this is perfect. I love this. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fafita five. I have DJ Uyunglele at six. He has okay. some valleys, but when he peaks, Oregon State 52 points on the road against Cal makes some really good throws. Like 
he's won a lot of games this year. He's been fine. He's been fine. No, exactly. And that, because I also have him at six. And this is, this has been his whole career, right? It's when he's on, awesome. Great player, a lot of arm talent. But when he's off, which is far too often, it's way off. Yes. It's, it's, it's too much to overcome. Once again, road game completion percentage near 50%. He's got to correct that. He's got to yes. turn in more games closer to the Cal. Doesn't have to be what he did against Cal all the time, but the Washington State Arizona games, you look at his numbers, you go, not exactly what what we were hoping for, but still decent. Right. By the way, speaking of decent, I thought about putting him at number six here. Ashton Daniels of Stanford. Yeah, we're that's, that's where lock, I was going to go. We're in lockstep agreement. That guy is we, making we didn't these before the show either. No, we did not. That guy is making big time throws week in and week out now. He is hitting the deep ball. He can throw slants. He can throw post ins. He's pretty mobile. That's solid. Like, I, it's so like, solid. like throughout throughout the Washington Stanford game this weekend, I was like, wait, I thought I thought this guy wasn't that good. Like I didn't you remember really, the, like, the, the I think it was like the second touchdown that Stanford scored the forty five yard deep ball into the corner. He's sandwiching the ball in between two Washington defenders outside his receiver's right shoulder on like a forty five yard heave down the field. It's oh, like. Gorgeous throw. I I won't get into the offensive PI on that play, but it was a gorgeous throw. (laughs) Yeah, no, there was a little bit of a push off. No, no, (laughs) no doubt about it. But yeah, so Ashton Daniels at seven and then at eight, I've got Fernando Mendoza of Cal. I, so I, I, I went with the, um, cause I, I think that they're a little bit better than the given credit for. I have Mendoza at nine. I have the Ethan Garbers, like on Schley, like tandem there. Why don't, you take I, a guess think, at who, why don't you take a guess at who I have right below Fernando Mendoza at Cal, who has been an effective I'm, game manager. I, I call Fernando Mendoza like game manager plus. I, I respect that. I That's what that. he is. He is game manager plus. And, and by mm-hmm. the way, he's the first guy I'd give that label to. Ethan Garbers would be the second one. And I've been more impressed with Mendoza than Garbers so far, though, though Garbers is capable and competent uh, for sure. And then I have Bryson Barnes at 11 and Trenton Borgay at, at 12. Look, at Bryson and that would Barnes. Put Cam Ward at 10. Did I skip over? Oh, I did skip over Cam Ward on, on, on my list. Because um, I actually, think we actually, might be too low on Cam I forgot. Ward. I, apologies. I literally forgot to put Cam Ward's name on my list. I think I, I would did put, too, now that I look at it. Yeah, my gosh. I don't know how we did that. Probably because Washington State is just not playing the way that we expect him to. Um, I would have Cam Ward. Oh, no, I just glossed over him. Excuse me. I did have him on my list. Uh, I had him right below Shadur Sanders. Okay, so here's where we'll differ. So ahead of Noah Fafita, below Shadur Sanders. Cam Ward's got NFL talent. He does. Yeah, I'm going to put him below. I I like Cam Ward a lot. I think he's a really good NFL prospect. Now that we're going back and having a revisionist history here, I'm going to put him at six. I'm going to put him behind Noah Fafita. Okay, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Fafita's team walked in and put up 44 points, and his team scored six, so... Uh, I do not, I, I do not uh, hate that at all. Apologies, Coug fans. Um, I, you know, I'm all, I'm, I'm big fans of yours. Uh, that was literally just like, I glossed over it on my notes, uh, but I've got Ethan Garbers at uh, 10, Bryson Barnes at 11 and Trenton Borgay at 12. I, I think that Mendoza and, uh, and, and Garbers are game manager plus, And I think Barnes and, uh, and Borgay are game managers. And yeah, I was going to say I was impressed with Borgay's ability as a game manager, but I don't, I don't hate that. Yeah, I think that there's and, an argument again, to put him above the quarterback Barnes, too. To be honest with you, in a league where Trenton Borgay is your twelfth best quarterback, he is also the last guy 
to beat the Washington Huskies on the football field. Roman Tomashoff, Locked On Huskies, Monday through Friday. Go subscribe if you're listening. Roman, thanks as always, man. A lot of fun. Spencer, thanks for having me and getting me out on that Trenton Borgay note. was just, (laughs) Yeah, I got you, man. Anytime. Appreciate (laughs) you listening. I'll see you next time. And until then, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.